Welcome to Missouri Loves Company. I'm Brock Wilbur. I'm Vivian Kane. This is our podcast about moving from Los Angeles to Kansas City, uh, finding love in all the wrong places, and taking what are you on. Talking about? Well, I don't know. We're it's Missouri. Married. It's we're having a fun time. Uh, this week in uh, Missouri politics uh, and Kansas politics, uh, just a real doozy of a time following the Parkland shooting. Real uh, douchey of a time. Real douchey of a time is right. Uh, a guy running for Congress in Kansas, uh, in what's in, his name? Uh, Tyler Leland? Tannehill. Okay, Leland. I don't know. Leland was pretty close. I've been playing uh, a lot of L.A. Noir. There are a lot That's of Leland. An older name. Yeah. Uh, no, Tyler Tannehill. I, which I remember because I just keep wanting to be like, oh, Tyler, come oh, on, Tyler. every life choice you've ever made. And it's hard for me to write up as a journalist because I'd rather that he was in the audience of a stand-up show where he was a heckler and I could just destroy him for every life choice he's ever made. But instead, I have to have some semblance of middle-of-the-roadness in covering what he's doing. And what he is doing is that he put up a a Facebook giveaway for an AR-15 to promote his campaign, and that was the day before the Parkland, Florida shooting, where an AR-15 was the weapon used. And since then, he won't take it down. And I spent a couple of days... He's doubled down. (laughs) He's doubled down. I spent a couple of days trying to get him to... To give some sort of response, I was like, "I'm a journalist. I'd love Tried, a quote." You, you've sh- you've shamed him publicly on Twitter, uh, and instead he's shared pictures of his wife and him out at dinner. And then uh, his response to the shooting was to promote a campaign called Faster, which is a campaign that teaches teachers how to stop a school shooting, basically by. Uh, rushing the shooter uh and it's sponsored by the gun lobby and i was like sorry your only response to this is to promote the gun lobby's classroom safety campaign uh i i I just i I wish i could buy shame for other people he's Uh, basically auctioning off a chance to rush a shooter and be a hero right boy uh (laughs) and then uh there's a group of third graders in missouri uh yesterday uh who received national attention because they've got a baseball team and their baseball team is auctioning off an ar-15 and they're not stopping their auction either and the reason why is that as their coach says well one of the parents runs a gun store and donated us the gun we have to raffle off the gun for the baseball team uh and in 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 writing this up i'll make this exception for the guy it's to be just some like Midwestern dude who doesn't know how social media works and suddenly have the national spotlight thrust upon you. People have poor reactions, but this guy has for basically three or four days just been doubling down on every bad idea he has. And he started by thinking that everyone criticizing him was part of a paid hate mob. Like George Soros sent all these people to tell him that he was bad. It's like, no, those are just human people that are like, maybe you shouldn't have seven year olds that are out selling raffle tickets for a gun right after a shooting. And he's like, I just don't see how we can't make this a positive experience. And I'm like, I don't see how you can't not see. It's, it's fucking amazing. I just, I, and, and, and there's no sign of him backing off. Meanwhile, there's, it turns out there's a lot of other uh, raffles for guns for sports team benefits around the country. And everyone else stopped theirs, like people in Michigan and stuff. Uh, But uh, this guy with uh, a group of seven to nine year olds still pushing the gun. Because we were given the gun. What are we supposed to do? Not raffle it off? Uh, so that's, uh, it's been a weird AR-15 week, and every story I've covered politically has involved it, and has involved somebody just being like, well, you know, there'll always be evil in the world, so why can't we have guns? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's that's yeah, Brock's I mean, corner. I mean, that it's basically the equivalent of saying, like, well, you, 
you know, there are always going to be people that break into houses. So why not give everyone a key to everyone's homes? Like that's, I don't understand how that's any different. <laughs> it's a lot of sadness and it's a lot of uh, arguing with yourself or a wall mm-hmm. and, and just watching this stuff happen. And, and, and the worst part of it, I, I think in both these cases is that like, it's the kids that are having to deal with it. Like, those also those kids are now part of national attention for walking around selling raffle tickets mm-hmm. for a gun and they're seven eight and nine years old they don't know what they're a part of and like this is what adults are teaching them how you react to people like Brock, just scream fake news tragedy <laughs> i'll try my best uh so that's brock's corner this week viv uh you wanted to say something yeah i mean i okay so i've been feeling really bummed uh lately but especially the last few days and I honestly I don't really know how to talk about it but uh so we moved here four months ago now um and it's not like we moved here to change the world we didn't move here to change Missouri politics but we I mean it's a basic fundamental like tenant of this podcast and of our lives in general that we wanted to be very politically involved. Uh, we wanted, We moved here from a blue, as blue people in a red state, and we were going to make the most of that. And, uh, like, it, it's, it, I don't know. I would love to pretend otherwise, but I feel like it's important to just be honest that, like, I don't feel like I'm living up to that. And I was talking to Brock about this earlier and I got kind of emotional and I can feel myself getting emotional now but like I don't know I just I feel it's important to be honest because I feel like there are a lot of people I I, I know I'm not alone in feeling like you know if you know what you're supposed to be doing and you're not living up to the standards that you want to be setting of like calling your representatives every day about every issue and we are not doing that Brock Brock has called our reps more than I have to be totally honest, neither of us have registered to vote in our new state. And like, I'm keeping an eye on deadlines when we need to register to vote. But also I have a ton of excuses of like, I'm changing my name and I have to go to social security before I can get a new license, register to vote. And like, but whatever, it's all just fucking excuses. And I've been feeling really down on myself lately about like the potential that we had for moving here and how I have not been living up to the own, the standards that I set for myself. No one else set them for me. And it really, it really reached new level this weekend because there was this event uh, out in St. Louis, um, which is a three and a half to four hour drive from here. So it's no easy feat. But thinking of it in California terms, it's basically like if there were an event in Bakersfield, which is not not unreasonable that's a that's a road trip but it's not an unreasonable drive but there was this event I was really looking forward to that was called like a handmaid's tale in Missouri about like it was a training event and a talking event about reproductive rights assaults in Missouri and it there were tabling events with the ACLU and reproductive rights groups and Lynn Winstead Liz what Liz Liz Winstead? Liz Winstead. Yeah. Uh, she, who, who co-founded the, like, she co-created The Daily Show. She co-founded um, uh, Lady Parts Justice, which is, a like, a women's comedy group that takes on reproductive rights. It was this incredible event um, 
that happened this past weekend, and I bought tickets for it like a month ago, and this weekend it happened, and I woke up in the morning, and I'm going to be totally honest, I... I, I had to leave for the event at 6 a.m. And I woke up at 5 a.m. Uh, super depressed and full, like, feeling very imposter syndrome-y when, like, I didn't have a place in this event. It was just going to it. And I was like, this is, this is the reason why I moved here. And I felt very scared by that. And, uh, and I lied in bed for about an hour. I'm getting... This is very real. This is just this is just what I've been going through. I, I lied in bed for an hour. My cat was giving me really big cuddles, which I was using as, ex- as an excuse to not get up. Um, and I, I finally did. Finally, at the last minute, I was like, I'll get ready in 10 minutes and I'll go. And I did. And I, I was really proud of myself for just getting out of bed. And I got in my car and I was looking up directions and the rain started falling in my car very hard and I looked up the weather and moving here from California to Missouri, I'm still very, very scared to drive in the snow. And I looked up the weather here and in St. Louis and like the snow and the sleet were going to follow me there. And to be honest, I was, I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm glad I didn't go because I am not prepared to drive in those conditions. But I have to be honest that I was glad that I had a reason not to go. And this event was basically, like, what I moved here to do. Like, Brock has some issues that he's very invested in. And some of them, like, we share some of them. Like, gun re- gun laws and these things. Like, we both share those things. But, like, my big issue is reproductive rights. And this is the event that I moved here for, to tackle reproductive rights in Missouri. And I didn't go to this event. And I'm glad I didn't go because I probably would have died in the snow in the, the four-hour drive there. But um, I don't know. I the, the, like, relief that I felt in not having to go, I just... Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I knew I was going to get emotional talking about this. Just, we came here, we came here for a lot of reasons, you know, to have a house, to have some space, to have some savings, but also a big reason we came here was to be involved politically. And this was, this was a thing that I should have gone to and faced with something that actually I was really excited about going to and I didn't go and like, I don't know. I just feel like we're at a place. We've been here four months. This entire podcast is based around like what we want to be doing in Missouri. And this was important and I didn't do it. And and I'm embarrassed to talk about it in that way. But also, Trump has been in office for more than a year. And I think a lot of people are doing a lot of things. But I think a lot of people are not doing as much as they want to be doing. And... Like I said, I'm embarrassed to talk about it, but I think that a lot of people are in the same place of we know what we should be doing and we're not doing it. And I don't really know what else to say about it except that, uh, I don't know, we should be talking about it. I appreciate you sharing that. I think that there's something very positive that people are going to latch on to, which is that everyone knows in the back of their head, like you mentioned, they can there's do a, more. There's a we lot more we should be doing. Everything, because I think all of us think, like like you mentioned, I should be calling a senator every day to tell them about something, and that's 
unrealistic, but it's also... It's not unrealistic. We all can be doing it, mm-hmm. but we're not doing it. And I think a lot of people are feeling as as ashamed as I am to not be doing it. Uh, a participation shaming? Yeah, and it, it's not like we need to be shaming each other, but I think that a lot of people are feeling the same shame that I am in knowing what they should be doing and not doing it. And I don't want to admit that that's how I'm feeling, but... I think that I think I think that a lot of people that I know right now are feeling like they could and should be doing more and they're not and uh I don't know let's just admit that and let's I think that by admitting it it's taking some you know what everyone that's listening right now I now feel a little bit of accountability <laughs> too and that's basically why I'm talking about this right now there's also something weird about this that, like, uh, around campaign time, you see the other side getting out in equal number, uh, and the other side doesn't have to get out. No one has to go uh, fight uh, against abortions right now because they're they're in charge and and life is yeah. winning on all the political well, levels. No one has know. to go stand. I there mean, and do that. everyone that goes out and protests at an abortion clinic every weekend. I would really like to be meeting that on the other end. I would like to I would like to be out in full force the way that they are for the wrong side. But they aren't having to do the the parades and marches and stuff in the same way we are and somehow it's very weird to not just have an opposition but not to be able to visualize that opposition and sometimes I think that that's where my lack of energy comes from it because I don't have a face I want to fucking yeah. punch because that face gets to sit at home alone and just be winning right now. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I, I, I just I wanted to say that like I am feeling I am feeling uh, some shame about we we talk a lot about why we moved here and I'm feeling some shame about it's been four months and I'm not meeting my own goals and I kind of just wanted to say it out loud. Uh, so and we'll try to do better and we'll try to tell you guys as we try to do better. We'll be a, this this show holds us accountable. Yeah. So. That's how I got to meet my new friend, our guest tonight. Anna Mae Smith. Hi. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Hi. Hi. So that's how you get to meet me tonight. No, that's my favorite way to meet someone. Yeah. Immediate tears. And like a little like, bit of crying. Yeah, yeah. That's a great a way to meet. A little bit of crying, admitting everything I'm doing wrong. How are you? That's the best way to do it. What's the alternative? Like, fill each other with lies. You know? Yeah. You know, just like... Oh, can we, can we reboot this? Everything's great. I'm super proud of everything in my life. <laughs> well, can I... Do you mind if I comment a little bit on what you said? That was very... I a do very care. lovely... Um, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a very lovely um, kind of confessional Thank moment. you. Um... Uh, I think there's like um, you comment. I'm uh, gonna pour more wine. Oh yeah, please. Well, I think it's um, um, it's really important that you guys are holding yourselves accountable, and you have kind of a project to do that. But also, um, there's just so much well, in our your project story. is now our life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, yeah. But your sorry, life keep going. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just think there's so much. Um. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you for this wine. I'm pouring, I'm pouring wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you. Keep, keep complimenting me while I pour you wine. <laughs> um. Just like listening to your story and like meeting you for the first time in that story, there's so much to um that I think um uh without um 
you know, I know you, you don't want to, you don't seem like a person who wants to like make excuses or like, or, or you want to hold yourself accountable. You really want, you kind of want the guilt a little bit. (laughs) I don't want to, I love to make excuses. I just felt like I had to state my excuses outright. That's not normal for me. (laughs) I think, um, it's really realistic to, uh, like make some realistic kind of slow moving goals for yourself and that's gonna like I don't think you should beat yourself up about not getting up at 6 a.m driving I mean, four was, hours in this the suite. was the event that I moved here for basically and I didn't go yeah. and so I, I feel guilty about that I feel and like that, that's I, I feel like that's guilt? building up a little much it was something no, that you found I came here to talk to people that are passionate about reproductive rights and the fact that it's not really happening in Kansas City it's happening in St. Louis and so I had to drive there like yeah I didn't want to wake up at 6 a.m but like this was a big event this was the event that I should have gone to so I I'm I don't want to give like I'm not I'm not like you know this isn't like a self-flagellation thing but like I'm also not letting myself off the hook that like this was important I should have gone (laughs) you also made a pretty good point that you have Still never driven in the snow, and you were about okay, to take yeah. on one okay, of the everyone's, everyone's giving me a, a lot of a, lo- a lot of leeway here, and like like I said, like yes, I am glad that I had. I, I am glad that I stayed home because I might have died, but <laughs> I I am disappointed that I was so relieved to have a legitimate excuse. And now we have it down here, and it's holding us accountable because you can't pass next time, and ne- even if that means I drive or whatever it is, Liz we're going to be there. Liz said, come to Kansas City. But <laughs> she sorry, I, didn't, what, I, I want you to finish what you were saying. Oh, no, not About no, how great I am. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. yes. <laughs> no, um, I just think um, you can still hold yourself accountable, but you um, a good way to do that is to, you got to take small, like, like going but four hours four away months. in the sleep. We've been here four you've months and here. I've done nothing. You've been we here t- four months from California yeah. <laughs> to a Missouri winter, which like that's yeah. real. Like you've just put your body into you physically depressed. I yourself. work from home, which means sometimes like, I don't leave home for like five days at a time. <laughs> yeah, you you need to take account the the emotional and physical stress that's happening to you right now too. And, and maybe it would help you because I think setting huge goals for yourself, like driving four hours away in the snow at 6 a.m. alone well, is just asking a huge, even if it is, Liz but after there, four months, like I didn't Louis take care of yeah. it. You know, <laughs> let St. Louis take care of the Liz Winstead event. And then you, in order to feel good, you've got to, and feel like you're doing something, build those like small goals for yourself. There's yeah. so many, I mean, Liz Winstead may not be here, but there's so many small events it, that you can yeah. use to start with networking. You know, maybe do one a week or uh, set yourself to like one small event a week, one phone call a week or something. You know, you got to start small to build. Otherwise, I, you'll just feel disappointed. It'll make yeah. you more depressed. And depression is just what's going to keep you in bed, all, you know? So, I, I appreciate that. I also think that I should have been starting with the small events a while ago because again four months when we have a podcast about like how cool it is that we moved to Missouri like it's a long time and I I need to be doing more and this event I really wish I'd gone because I feel like it it was made for me but you're right small 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 movements are good 
but I haven't been doing small movements and I need to start doing that. Yeah, and I think maybe you haven't been doing the small movements because you're like, I am I came here and I'm going to, you know, jump in and it's going to be immediate and I'm going to do a, you know, dr- I mean, for the Midwest in the winter at 6 a.m., driving yeah. four hours away is well, like pretty radical. I moved here ready to do you know? small, to do small steps, but you I just here haven't. You moved that sunny energy of California yeah. and then all this <laughs> cold weather and zero sunshine hit your body like, and now you're like, is, I have to Why is no bed. one on board with my sunny disposition? <laughs> so we promise you, the listener, that we will do things and tell yeah, you about the things this, that we do. And now we will talk to our guest. Yeah. <laughs> is this is to say that like I am recognizing that I have not done enough. That politics is not the reason we moved here, but it is a reason and I'm I'm going to own up to my shit. I have not done enough and I want to start doing more so I'm saying it out loud to have some accountability. So let's see next time what I've done. <laughs> Anna, what have you done? Hi. Anna, um, what have you done? Also, oh my God. Uh, let's introduce Anna. Yeah, finally. hi. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, what do I say? Oh, my name's Anna, and I was born on June 27th, and... Um, are you a Gemini? Oh, I'm a Cancer. Oh. And I know. <laughs> I make that sound, too. Um, and I'm jealous of you if you're a Leo. Uh, and, uh, oh, gosh. Um, okay, well, that's pretty that much enough. So me? this has been Missouri Loves Company. Bye. <laughs> so you, you are a stand-up? Or an improv? Both. Yes. Okay. An improviser. Um, you improv with mostly... Kelly, who has been on the show before. Yeah, so Kelly's been on the Larson. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kelly Larson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've done improv with Kelly Larson. And you um, do stand up, and uh, Susanna Lee, Lee introduced me to you very early on here as the funniest comic I would meet in town. Well, we well, have Susanna Susanna's the, the sweetest person yeah. um of course other than you two right here um the I mean, third sweetest Susanna person gives me yeah. wine but she makes me pay for it because she's a bartender we don't do that um, you guys just yeah. gave me wine we so have a bad sorry. business model Susanna has a better business model. We have a good I mean, friend model. Technically, she mm-hmm. legally has to or whatever, whoa, whoa. but still, come on. Air quotes um, around everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still, come on. Legally has oh, to. Oh, that's a beautiful kitty cat. Um, oh, she lied down for you. Oh, that's because, oh, we've got a Look who's so long. I'm so glad this is a visual medium and everyone can enjoy this cat. <laughs> they know. They yeah. can sense. Um, no, it's I do in the up. podcast artwork. She, they know what <laughs> yeah, the fuck that looks like, and they're probably just sitting at home being like, "Oh, there's a cat. In the there's room. a cat. I can't see it, but I love it." Uh, yeah, I do stand up and improv, but I mostly do retail and sadness. And um, that's what we had you on uh, to talk about, really. How's <laughs> the retail world? Um, it's exactly how you would expect. But what's up, though? What would you? Um, I do strongly believe in um, um, really like that that mentality of like um, it really makes a difference to like set small goals and go for it. I actually just did a show over at Uptown Arts Bar. With Susanna. Liz, Susanna works there. Um, yeah, Hi, Susanna. And she was in the show, and it was called, what was it called? Oh, it was the Flaccid Femmes. And it was um, supposed to be like an open mic night, except they had everyone scheduled, and they had like a bio for everyone. It's like so a closed was, mic. Yeah, it was like yeah. a closed <laughs> open mic. Yeah. But um, things mic. like that, I think, are a good, yeah. you know, it's something small. It's entertaining. You can just go a couple blocks up the street, and then you start with networking. Yeah. And then they introduce you to 
what's you know you just listen everyone there was connected to some thing and everyone had similar politics in mind and and it just kind of you're in a new area you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta start now, I, I briefly mentioned this to you that uh i've been out here and i've been having a rough time uh somewhat with the stand-up scene in kansas city because i've just done <laughs> yeah, a number of shows bad. and everyone keeps promising like oh it's this show actually that's actually gonna be the one where you find your people and I keep not and finding those not people. Always been the case. Uh, yeah. And Viv has come and uh, nearly went Miss Maisel. Yeah, on I one almost Miss Maisel the stage because uh, okay. I just got really oh, tired. Oh my shit talk. <laughs> yeah, it needn't shit talk, but like it is, it is a scene that seems fifteen years behind the politics, and that's not just my weird. I like I set the clock back from Los Angeles <laughs> social political time. Yeah, when there's I moved a here. time zone difference. There yeah. is, and <laughs> I I thought I adjusted for it, and I I did not, and now I'm watching a lot of shows where I'm like, I never want to see this person or hear their words again, oh, and yeah. I don't know how to avoid that, but participate in in what happens out here in a positive way, and it's like. You and Susanna and like two other people that I'm like, I think I could be on a show with them and everyone else. I just I'm I'm real worried about. And there are people that I'm like, everything seems like it's there. And then like the true self leaks out in the middle, like uh, Viv pointed out yeah. in the show that we were on. Uh, every dude was up there sure. and he was doing like a pretty good bit. And then the last 30 seconds would just like sneak it, Honestly, it was the last... Can I? Can yeah, I? go ahead. Uh, pretty much every dude that was on this show, like some of them were terrible. Some of them were really good. But no matter... Like even the ones that were good, the last like not 30 seconds, the last like eight seconds, it was like <laughs> they would be doing a set and then they would do this like shifty eye thing, like look around, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then they would like they're... La- they're ending line would be like they'd be doing a joke and end the joke and then shifty eyes and be like the most racist misogynistic thing that they have to say and like then just j- the c word with no context yeah, yeah. like be like oh i'm doing a joke about politics and then but here's what i really think about women okay bye <laughs> like or but here's what i really think about mexicans like it's just awful and every and time run i see on, that in somebody that i'm like stage. okay i i kind of like that person and but I, I, then I, I see that in like the emotional labor i'm i don't have it to yeah. give to somebody and, right and now and also like i know brock saw some of that but i i it, it was like two weeks later that we were telling we were talking to someone else about this gig that was the only gig that he let me come to in Kansas City and I I pointed out that that's what happened like across the board and Brock was just like oh I didn't I didn't even notice that that's what everyone was doing <laughs> so, and the so now he doesn't now he doesn't <laughs> let me come to any of his shows anymore <laughs> again <laughs> there is there is a re- I it's I remember starting, just starting in the scene and just the shock factor of what everyone's, I mean, it's always just like, it's exactly how you described it. It's, and it's everywhere and it's especially bad at open mics. When, when you say shock be. factor, do you mean the shock factor of what you're seeing or the shock factor of like how everyone here seems to be leaning on no, shock value? No, it's like therapy, like when you're doing a bad thing and they shock you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make those jokes. Shock. <laughs> There's, it's just always bad. I don't know exactly what they're trying to do. And um, not to say I do. I mean, I think I've I'm said sure plenty of offensive yeah. things. But um, 
Yeah, there was. I mean, you just immediately go to any open mic that's late night in Kansas City. Cause they, and it's just comic after comic that's like, whoa, it's not rape if she's my daughter or whatever. And you're like, is that a <laughs> joke? What are we talking about? That's all I want. I wish you were exaggerating, but I've seen that joke. <laughs> I actually didn't even know that I was quoting. I just knew that that's You're the quoting I honestly a think I'm genre. quoting like 15 different comics. Yeah. The, the, this is one of those monkey typewriter situations where like with it's enough misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've also found, though, you know, um, similar to like, uh, uh, oh, similar to um, um, what's happening on like the, the big, like national, international comedy scene. I've also noticed that people who seem to have the most um, um, sound mind comedically, like um, something that won't just like horrifically disgust me. Um, they occasionally, you know, they've got the, they've got the fun twist. They've got like the, you know, like you, like a personality twist where the, the performance is a performance of feminism. And then the human being behind it is the smart person who performed it. Right. And so no attention to the male feminist behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. that's our wizard of Oz. So the best I can hope for, cause for a long time it was just like, try to find people whose jokes I can stand. But like, um, just hope that maybe you can heighten everyone with like, what's actually funny because at a certain point people should care that their jokes aren't making anyone laugh. So, I don't know who's a good person or who's a bad person or if I'm allowed to judge that mm-hmm. or which camp I fall into. But, like, the jokes aren't funny, so at least start there. You know, no, I don't know. The jokes are bad. I, I know. You're you're really going out on a limb here saying comedians should be funny. That seems, like, really political. Let's uh, see. What else? Yeah. How, so, how long have you been doing comedy? Um, On and off for eight years like i started oh, we're, we're, we're are the you same from age. here are what we're the same age we are comedy we're, age yeah, yeah. oh comedy <laughs> i was like i don't actually when, know. when's your birthday um june 27th comedy yeah. birthday oh oh comedy birthday is um sometime in sometime between august and december of 2010 i don't okay. oh unless it's improv comedy in which it's Sometime earlier that than that in 2010. <laughs> Since birth. Yeah, 2010 is 2010 my was when year. we found ourselves yeah. and then lost ourselves yeah, yeah. and never went back. And never went, yeah. And I, I really on and off, like on and off to where I think there were a couple years in there where I didn't do any stand-up. And I think I've done improv pretty consistently since 2010, but stand-up has fallen off and on. And, and are, for, are you from um, the Kansas City area? I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. Ah. How long have you been here? Oh. I don't know. I went to school at KU. Questions. Answer. <laughs> Give us dates. Um, I went to school at KU from um, August 16th of, um, no, I went to school Wrong. at KU from like. <laughs> no. Which I, I took her to Allen Fieldhouse to the first Jayhawk game uh, and they lost. Yeah, I'm not uh, allowed to go home. to games anymore. But my favorite Uh-oh. thing is that she can't remember the Jayhawk because it's a fictional bird that has no basis in anything. I can't remember. That's true. It's well, like when, when we were first going bird. there, you were like, it's a bluebird or it's a... Mockingjay. No, that's not true. Okay. Sure, for the story, yes. I couldn't remember it. Well, fuck me. Forget okay. the story. <laughs> it was funny, and then we went into finding oh, The slavery out. bird? Yeah. <laughs> There's a... Sl- yeah, the, I don't know, know the fine. history. Yeah. Oh, I went my entire college career with my head down. The Jay- I Charlie yeah. Browned my way. The Jayhawk is a concept based in the Civil War, which is 
Oh, oh wait, there's a remember, movie. I heard it in a podcast. <laughs> it's it's basically that they got uh, like Southerners to fight ag- against the South, like cool people that like pretended to be slave owners and stuff like that. So oh, like you oh, had to be God. cool. Yeah. I ha- I did know that. Can we edit this podcast to make it sound like I knew that? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I really should. I think my um. I, I, look, I, I looked here my whole life. I had no idea. That. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Well, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, they were about... uh, like pro. No one's counting on pro me. free state, uh, m- like militia groups from Missouri. That's the the Jayhawks. Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes this bird with a stupid beak, I guess. Uh, that yeah. seems a long way away from militia you know, groups. Politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird place. Were you, were you so in a you're from here. <laughs> I, sort of. Wait, what'd you say? Were you in a sorority in Lawrence? Oh, no. I <laughs> was not. <laughs> I um I went, oh gosh, uh, GSP is a dorm in Lawrence that's all women um and it's all it's mostly people for freshmen who are rushing to be in a sorority and i was not and um (laughs) and i had like a um (laughs) i had like a weird old boyfriend at the time (laughs) that was my college experience yeah Yeah. it was was just a lot of being alone (laughs) i went to a commuter school and i moved off campus to live with my old recovering alcoholic boyfriend yeah Yeah. i'm glad that yeah uh, so like college college was fine it was a nightmare but um it was uh so i lived in this dorm and then I just after my freshman year just lived in um studio apartments for a while with your old recovering alcoholic boyfriend I didn't live with okay I I didn't live with him thankfully I love you Brock you're married Brock doesn't like when Um, I talk about ex-boyfriends Terrence edit this out of my wife's history (laughs) um oh I um uh yeah no I so no I wasn't in a sorority (laughs) (laughs) Good answer to the I original wish. question. Honestly, Lawrence is, I mean, is an incredible oasis, like a liberal thing on the, like it, it's, I, I didn't know until I left until I left Kansas, they were like, oh, you know, Lawrence has like the highest population of gay our, students anywhere in the country. And I was like, Uber do Uber driver what, no? the other yes. night who told us that? <laughs> yeah, he, he said that. He was very insistent about that. Yeah. I guess. I wasn't impressed, but all right. <laughs> oh, our, our, our Uber driver referred to parts of Lawrence as Snob Hill. And I was like, I've never heard that before, but he was trying to say it in a positive way. And I was like, all right, old man, what's your game? (laughs) The first, I think everything's just a hill there because my orientation week there, they told us about rape hill. So I think everything there's just a hill. Oh, that's different. Yeah, most of that campus is hills. Okay, if there's like a series of hills behind the campus... Maybe avoid Rape Hill. Well, I am totally comfortable on Snob Hill. We, we, were, we walked yeah. that hill coming to the game. Rape Hill? I, yeah. We weren't Did on you? Snob Hill? Snob or Rape? <laughs> or like a rapey snob or snobby oh, rape. Oh, like just like the like a, snobby rape. These are really snobby rape. Like you, uh, you feel like Only you two can participate <laughs> yeah. in this joke. I cannot <laughs> offer further. Um... The, I no, feel it was lucky. like there's two dorms that are the both all female dorms, and they're kind of off, um, like off at the edge of campus, sort of. I think mm-hmm. in edge anyway, and then um, like a block in. Uh, back toward campus, there was an on-campus bar, and then the hill in between that they called Rape Hill. Rape Snob Hill. It's just, I mean, what a precious culture. 
what a culture there. Um, is cool. I'm so happy to live here now. <laughs> lots of Confederate flags on lots of progressive people's cars. Like, it's it's a weird mix of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still... I mean, I don't know. It's a town in Kansas. <laughs> like, it's... I Fine. wish the Wikipedia article started that way. I don't know. It's, it's a, town. a town. I don't know. In Bernie Kansas. supports states' rights. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's. I'm very biased because I didn't have any fun, but I bet it's cool. <laughs> oh, you didn't like your time. I just didn't have a fun time. So I feel like um, you and I had I similar like college experiences. Yeah. I feel like that's probably 80% me my fault but i choose to say a hundred percent lawrence must be a bad yeah. place yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, i went to grad school as as a in my late 20s early was i 30 when i graduated and i i feel like i i've always felt like that sort of made up for my undergrad experience mm. like i definitely partied like a 20 year old and it wasn't the cutest thing <laughs> as a 29 year old but whatever, I went to a commuter school. And, yeah, and nobody can an tell you at a party at what age. We had, at, so I went to, not only was did I go to grad school, but I went to art grad school. And uh, <laughs> we had things like the Brolympics, where it was just like basically beer pong oh, no. in between classes. Oh, no. like, not the cutest <laughs> thing, but it made me feel like I got a college experience. Yeah, I it think was pretty great. You know, I think all this stuff, I tried to avoid a lot of stuff. And the more I think about it, it's like, hey, you probably just have to grow through it instead of like not grow at all. Right. Yeah, That's probably. I don't know. I don't know. But all I can say is, like, what do we, for, if you were a dude and you were 29, you'd be partying like a 15 year old right now. So give yourself some. Nobody, we all just, Hence we're all Olympics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're all monsters. Don't yeah. worry about it. I'm sure it was all adorable. It was so cute. It was, if I remembered it, it would be so cute. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't do anything in college. I sat in um, apartments mostly and didn't do my homework and had a couple cats and um, took a lot of road trips to see concerts when I should have been studying. That, and that sounds exactly but, like my undergrad experience. Yeah. I drove up, but my road trips were fucking nerdy road trips. Like I drove from San Francisco up to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival twice a year. Like. Uh, yeah. To see, <laughs> oh, you're so kind to Brock's me. Thank you wine. so much for the like, wine. The, that's you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be irresponsible, take a road trip five hours to go see some Shakespeare. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just the worst student. <laughs> I made friends <laughs> eventually. I think in my like, it took me five years to graduate a bachelor's degree. In I theater, took, but <laughs> I took five years too. Really? Or four and four and a half, but that was pretty standard for, for my school because Good, you know I'm what? Glad. Colleges are not prepared to have students graduate in four years if they take the classes they want to take. <laughs> That's true. Also, I'm not prepared to do homework, so I just yeah, failed a lot. Yeah, but it's fine to blame the school. I, exactly. <laughs> that school did not have the classes I wanted it's to take. It's the school, yeah. it's mm-hmm. those colleges, and it's the town of Lawrence, and it's not my fault. You are doing a 
amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let you guys have your own podcast. Like, this is... Are we still recording? <laughs> my, uh, my high school in Salina, Kansas, uh, was uh, built in 1969 as an experiment. They built this giant... What kind? Like a science experiment? Very much so. Have you seen Stranger Things? Oh, is, was that your school? Oh, if we yeah, cut we're you Hawkins. open, is there just a bunch of fluff inside? Yeah, it's just like weird particles floating in the air. Uh, no, they built this school with no windows. Uh, and they never went back and added windows in, even kids by the time I got there. Windows. Why? Kids, are kids don't need sunlight. But why? Uh, and they had no walls. Uh, you weren't in a school. I'm sorry. <laughs> you weren't in a school. That's what I, told I don't want to do this on the podcast, but you need therapy. You weren't in a school. Something happened to you. This was, was 1969. Bad. I was. This wasn't my thing. Uh, but like, their idea was like, we're gonna let the kids go hang out in the general area of where each of these classes are. And at the we're end gonna this- go hang out. We're going to let kids hang out where books might be. (laughs) Like a math area, there's this, and then, you know, they'll go to gym and stuff. And at the end of the semester, they just get one big test, and that determines if they move on. And it turns out theater kids just spent all day in the theater. The football kids just spent all day lifting weights. And no one ever did math. So that was built in 1969 and in 1970. They're like, this has to be a real school. So they just put like bookshelves in between areas to make walls, and that's what they I did never in my studio it. apartment yeah. to make it look oh. like two rooms. So <laughs> I, I went to a high school that was like a failed experiment that they tried for one semester in like what if kids could be trusted, uh, but it still didn't have <laughs> windows or walls, uh, and that was when we like like Columbine happened, and they were like, oh, there's actually one exit to this Same building for several hundred kids. That's why oh. Columbine happened. No, I said when Columbine <laughs> happened. When? Okay. Yeah, they were like, so our exit strategy is still just the one door there. And we were like, oh boy, no, we need at Not least great. a set, a window. One window somewhere should be. <laughs> they oh, just they just bulldozed they it. Just... And I got to be back in town to watch them bulldoze part of it. And if you've ever seen your high school bulldoze that like everything inside of you clears up. <laughs> I've seen a weird amount of things bulldoze. I'm not trying to interrupt you right now, but. <laughs> no, that's every... the end for me. <laughs> Every school I've ever been to has been fully or partially um, uh, taken down and remodeled or completely bulldozed the year after I went there for asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. Do you one have after something you want to confess to? Do you like carry around a little vial yeah, of asbestos? Yeah, a little asbestos monster. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you personalized it. Like she was the asbestos killer. Also, a I vial of asbestos. I don't think that's how you carry asbestos around. But that's how I do. You, you had an aside. Sprinkle that behind me. Yeah. I so, found asbestos. I've seen a lot of my schools torn apart. (laughs) It feels good, right? Yeah, it feels great. And you just imagine that everyone that was mean to you is still inside. Yeah, except I'm a bitter person. I take comfort in bitterness. Do what? Then I go back and then I see how nice the school is after. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) fuck you and your nice gym and none of you have black lung or whatever. Uh, uh, (laughs) White lung. A weird, is that what it is? <laughs> a weirdly cathartic and shame, simultaneously shameful moment for me somehow. Like really equal parts both, and I don't know how that works. Uh, moment for me was when, so I'm a writer now, but I spent my entire life up through age like 29 as an actor. Uh, 
and you know when you're like in high school and you're like I'm gonna be an actor people are like okay fine I will like humor you while you say this uh but when I when I graduated high school and then graduated college, one of my first professional acting jobs was, sorry, Brock's taking pictures and it's distracting. I'm looking <laughs> like I'm super casual. Um, when my, my, like my very first, I think, professional acting job was a school tour through the San Francisco Shakespeare Festival where I did a touring show of Romeo and Juliet and I ended up going to my high school to perform. <laughs> like we performed it at high schools, middle schools, community centers, libraries, elderly centers, like all these places all throughout Northern California. And I ended up going to my, uh, to my high school and it is it like, I got to go back as a professional actor, but also I was being paid like $150 a day to do an abridged version of Romeo and Juliet, which is not the prestigious theater I wanted to do. So there's something really <laughs> weird about going back to your high school and being like, see, I told you. <laughs> but it's basically the community, it's the touring community theater version of see, I told you. <laughs> uh, so that's that, a really incredible line. Yeah. Also, uh, the school had been bulldozed and like, I got to talk to the, the like high school theater teacher who was he he was like in the family of some like big theater family in the area and so it kind of felt like we were on the same page of like he was the son of like a theater mogul in San Francisco but he was the theater teacher of a high school and I was like an aspiring theater actor doing a touring community theater a bridge show of Romeo and Juliet and I feel like both of us were like we know we could be doing better <laughs> but we're gonna pretend like we're both I really like, on the same level. I feel like there's a word in German for this because I feel like there's a bunch of those in my life too where we're all like yeah theater Freuden Freuden theater shot in yeah, 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 yeah. shot in Shakespeare and Freuden yeah <laughs> Anna what sort of stuff are you into? Oh gosh, just oh, as in general, just everything. Real feeling good times, <laughs> bathtubs, nice things. Let's start with what are the bands that you followed around? I really like the your bands. answer though. <laughs> bath times. Let's talk about bath times. That's the name of your um, podcast where the two of you are both in separate times, bathtubs. Bath times. <laughs> bath times theater Freuden. Um, <laughs> oh shit. I'm trying to think of bands that I've actually followed from city to city. I won't say are my favorite ones, but or but or not my offspring. I'm, I'm not if you don't say offspring, we're not friends. First of all, okay. offspring. <laughs> Psalm and Kansas City. Psalm I'm sorry. Have Lawrence. your musical taste developed past 1998? <laughs> That's no. weird. Okay. Um, I um I think um and again these are not favorite bands or non-favorite bands. They're just bands that I saw multiple times in a row, like in a week. Like uh, Rasputina was one. Uh, okay, uh, you and Brock are friends. <laughs> uh, um, Wild Flag. Which is like, um, yeah, so it's spelled uh, with an I or a Y. Why? Uh, I. I? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was really going to determine what I thought, and then it turned out it did. I didn't care. <laughs> uh, um, they might be giants. 
Yes. Um, but they're super easy to fuck because, I mean, they did, uh, they come here for a weekend and you've got like four shows on your hands because <laughs> they'll do something and then they have the kids. The ones, kids shows. And yeah. They do all this and then stuff. you got the Jonathan Colton opening for him. It's yeah. the whole shebang. Uh, guar. <laughs> Well, but only because <laughs> they did. Well, not in a not saying it, but they did. They did a show in Omaha and they did a show in Kansas City. So when I hear um, and it was before all I think is died. Records. Yeah, when um, yeah, when Ethan Embry just hallucinates. By yeah. The, um. <laughs> so there was a venue in L.A. called the Constellation Room. We went like twice. Uh, yeah, we did. Way south of the city. Uh, and, uh, it was this venue that had like a I very small, I will, it was you. I will okay. look the things up later. Uh, I went one time because they have like two venues and one is this very small bar space and you have to go around that small bar space. Stop it. I'm serious. To get to this larger venue. We went to see the fake there. God damn it. So there's a much bigger space. Uh, and then there's a smaller space, but you have to walk by the smaller space on the side of it to get to the oh, bigger space. Oh, that was me. That was me. Just me. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Sorry. Fine, uh, and so one night I went to see Tim Casher of Cursive do a small, like, intimate show in the small room. And the big room, it was Guar right before their lead singer died. Wait, Guar and then Cursive? No, no. Guar was in the big room. In the very small room is just the lead singer of Cursive alone with a guitar and a sad keyboard. Right. So two separate rooms. Largo. What? You told me this story. Keep going. Keep going. Terrence, edit this out. You you weren't at this show. We went to other shows I'm there. Terrence, keep it in. It's it life, yes. baby. So he's just doing this sad solo set, and Guar is in the other room, and you can kind of hear the music blending in, and like it's right before the lead singer died. At one point, a guy walking back to the big room just checks in on the little room. There's like a curtain you have to open. He just opens it and shouts like, Gwar! And he shouts Gwar in the middle of Tim Casher sitting at a keyboard doing like a song. He's like, I haven't done this song in 15 years. It's something I wrote when I was like 17. But here we go. And just doing this sad sack piece of shit song. And the guy shouts Gwar over it. And Tim Casher just loses it. He's like, Fucking yeah. What are we even doing here? Like, I'm so bullshit. This song is so bullshit. Gwar is right there. Do you guys all just want to go see Gwar with me? Like, we should just go do that instead. This is this is pointless, right? Like, this is all. I was just like, yeah, all right. We saw like half a Tim Casher show. Let's go check out the Gwar. That's fine. <laughs> That's fun, though, because then everyone goes as friends with Tim Casher and to see Gore together. And and you get penguin space jizz all over you. Yeah, and it's space a... jizz. Mm-hmm. When I went and saw them, um, I was told, I was going with someone who'd been to a Gore show, so they were like giving me like, oh, wear like a white tee, you know, because they spray all this blood and space jizz at you and you want to have like this memento <laughs> or whatever and wear a white t-shirt. And the only white t-shirt I had was, I don't know if you guys are Degrassi, generation <laughs> fans, but <laughs> in high school there was an episode where um, oh gosh it was called Rock and Roll High School I can still sing all the songs from it but I won't and it was the two do it. Um, do 
um, coolest characters. Um, they had broken up, and their like bands were in the Battle of the Bands, and they were singing songs at each other. And you could print out like iron-on ones of um, Jake Epstein's face, um, awesome. like on fire, which is what the girls' band had. And so I was in there in my Degrassi shirt with um, Craig Manning. Please tell me you uh, still have this shirt. I do. Good. I do. I'll you're take like a picture really and I'll send it to you. You're not wearing it tonight. Yeah, I'll take a picture. I always want to like, for, but that was my guar shirt, and so this. now it's my Degrassi. Your Degrassi. My Degrassi. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's been Missouri Loves Company. <laughs> Anna, what's your favorite bit to do in your stand-up set? Oh, it's not my favorite, but it's unfortunately um, I'm a horrible <laughs> uh, comic who um, has been doing the same closer for four years. Sometimes you um, find your closer and you just stick with it. Yeah. Well, just because I don't do anything with my life, so it's hard to change it up, you know? <laughs> and so I've got like a 10-minute bit where I describe what it was like getting a Brazilian wax. Um and sometimes it works because I can act like it's a new thing. But that Brazilian wax is four years grown in. It's been a long time. I mean, the first time I did it, it was, you know, it had been like 15 hours earlier that I got it. It was fresh. It was fresh material. And now it's woof. So I do that one a lot. It's not a favorite. At this point, I'm mad at myself about it. But God, I've told that stupid story so many stupid I really times. appreciate the Maria Bamford energy that you bring to talking about your stand-up <laughs> <laughs> oh is she, oh oh I gotcha yeah like um full of um self-loathing uh, <laughs> or pubes which one I don't know <laughs> which one is it <laughs> do, do you do the bit now while also recognizing the dating of it <laughs> um I no <laughs> I don't even update it for like new phases of life um, I just like tell the same bit over and over. I was a tour guide for a long time for um, for the roastery of Kansas. City. Awesome. Um, and uh, and so I got and you would do two to six tours a day, so you got really used to saying the same thing over. And sometimes I'm afraid my stand up is a I do it a little bit like a tour <laughs> instead of a comedy routine. You've actually said all your answers to this podcast dozens of times over the last few days. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. What is your bit that's your favorite bit or least favorite? No, I don't have though. any at all. Oh, good. <laughs> I, uh, I did Bottom of the Barrels the other night. Oh, yeah? Which is in the West Bottoms area, and it is... Uh, Viv and I often talk about how comedy is a boys' club, and then she's like, where's the show? I was like, it's an actual fucking boys' club. It's just a bunch <laughs> he, of boys built a treehouse. I tree wanted house. to go. He wouldn't let me go. It's a, it's in it's in a warehouse on like the fifth me, floor. He's seen me trying to miss Maisel his shows before, so I can't do that anymore. You should get on. You should you should get on um, Flaccid Femmes sometime. I don't sometime. want to do. You should <laughs> attend <laughs> Flaccid Femmes. Okay. <laughs> and then you should continue your tale. Oh, I was just like, uh, yeah. You take the freight elevator up to this cubby hole that these boys built, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> And I was standing outside, and we'd left, like, a friend's dinner, and I'd taken an Uber separately because I was like, don't come. And I was like, oh, there's a pretty good crowd, and it's not just all white dudes. Like, maybe you should come. And then one of the guys on the show was standing outside and was telling me, I'm going to try both my N-word bit and my uh, guns bit tonight. And I was just like, Viv, don't come. 
<laughs> in no way ever come. Don't come that to any I know who that is just based <laughs> on the description. <laughs> but then at the same time, it could be anyone, really. <laughs> You're going to have to be more specific about which white guy and word bit it was. <laughs> because uh, there we're in Kansas a lot. City. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I bet I know who that was. I bet I know who it was. I'm and, not clocking And I don't want to be just talking shit, but it does. It, it is so strange to be in a place that's like, this feels out of time. Like, it feels so far behind. I don't understand what's happening. Why? Why is it stuck here? Well, when they... I, I mean, not they... Not like I know what they're going through, but my experience is when, you know, I have I have said often that I think Kansas City is going to be the next Austin, going to be the next Portland. And when it's my experience that when people feel like they are ahead of the game, that they feel like it's funny... And also, they get to rest on lazy, but oh. that it's funny to revert back to things that don't fit that progressive, like, time. And so, that's I don't... That's an excellent point. That's a well, really good point. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's what these guys are going through, but if, if the rest of their city is progressing ahead of them, it gives them a license to, to be edgy, but being edgy means being fucking lazy and racist and sexist and not progressing along with their city. I don't know. Brock won't let me come to his shows anymore. So I don't know if this is actually accurate. You know it's accurate. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think, I think it it's accurate. Yeah. I think um, there's also, I mean, I'll admit since, like, in the last eight years, there has been progression. But I almost wonder if that's just people practicing their comedy, too, if that actually right? just pays off or, a little bit. or i mean we started out this podcast with me saying like people like uh, like again austin portland people like us are moving to these cities because we can't afford to and don't want to live in la anymore we're moving to these cities but we're not actually living up to our potential or whatever we're not living up to the things we want to do so it sort of sets a like a lip service standard sure. for the city but it doesn't actually change anything and that's why I'm so hard on myself because I don't want to do that I want to actually be a part of the change I want to see you know and and I will say this about the comedy shows I've seen out here I, I commented to Viv right off the bat when I got here the thing that I hated the most in LA was when somebody went up without anything to say and just what else and they have nothing and it's an anti-comedy of like I'm just wasting your time. Everyone mm -hmm. here writes jokes. Every to their credit, they write jokes, but that is also to Are their discredit because it jokes? means that they also took the time to prep the things that I hate. Yeah. Whereas in LA, I could be like, I don't know, he was just shitting out words out of his mouth hole, yeah. and that's what came out. But here, I'm like, no, that person took time to perfect the wording. He of took how time to make a not good thing. Exactly. <laughs> I appreciate the craftsmanship. I don't appreciate the craftsmanship. Like it's <laughs> pouring more wine. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I'm also very ignorant to what comedy. I mean, I've just lived in the same three cities that are all within three hours of each other for my whole life. Um, and this is the only actual like city city that I've lived in. So I'm very ignorant to what the comedy scenes are like in other big cities. Bad. Um, they're bad. <laughs> I believe yeah. that. <laughs> I think they're all probably that was bad. right. <laughs> Every city, they're bad. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just, I mean, it's, um, 
you are it's a it's a form of where someone and anyone can get on stage and say anything that's inside of them and it can be anyone can say it and anyone and it's it can be something that they've heard that influenced them or they think they're doing a style similar to something and they're not getting it right or they're or public therapy it's just yeah and so it it just um and then uh, people just uh, if we can because i've been complaining about how awful it is for a long time but i just wonder if there's like if if you can twist it to be like what if we try to make this Funny. Better. Um, yeah. I mean, what, there have been. So you're comedians. What if you have you tried being f- <laughs> funny? <laughs> Just really work on like what's laughing and what's not laughing you know what's the it's in the lungs ones? like you should just have a diagram Weird. of the lungs i, you I don't i don't mean laughing. to be a horrible shrill feminist but like have you tried being funny <laughs> it's and there are um there are kind of there there are comedy scenes that aren't necessarily good building or have as momentum as like Do you want to say not scene. necessarily good because <laughs> no, that's also true no. yeah well there's like the improv scene in kansas city and then there's the stand-up scene and they hate each other very much and it's very interesting that's and true then, all over the country I improv and comedy always hates each other it's okay so but weird. if either was that much better than the other that right? would make more sense it does we seem should like all in hate kansas ourselves city a lot the improv more scene might me. be that good <laughs> It's no, I mean, I just think, I think um, anytime well, they complain relatively? about each other. Yeah, it's yeah. relatively. Uh, yeah, they're, they're a different thing. Why are you so just uh, like bad comedy is bad and good comedy is good. I don't know. There's bad and good in both. Yeah. Um, Anna, you're so good at this. No. <laughs> yes, and um, what's happening? Yes, and. Uh. <laughs> yes, and. Uh. Um. Uh, but there's um, there's other stuff. You can find um, um, more shows, just kind of paying attention and, and talking to people a little bit. You can find more shows that are a little bit kind of more under the radar that are trying to sort of build a different vibe, mm-hmm. I, I think, happening now. Maybe they've been happening the whole time and it's just been failing for years and years and decades and decades. But it, Who knows? I'm, I'm only noticing it now. So, therefore, it just <laughs> started. <laughs> but um, you can kind of find people are trying to build shows that are a little more for... I don't know. What am I talking people, about? This is delicious. People are building Some scenes. people are good at things. Some people yeah, are not. Yeah. People are building scenes. And if I was not 33, I would have the time and effort inside of me to build a scene. I just, no. I don't anymore. It's taken me, I don't, I haven't had time or effort. Um, at least I haven't had effort the whole time, but it's been, it's just been sitting around for eight years. Eventually they fall into your lap. (laughs) Effort is like really hard to find. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's very, it's very hard. So it's creepy. I just think comedy will always be a creepy scene full of creeps, right? (laughs) That's the point. Pretty much. I promise to keep it that way. Uh, (laughs) so we've hit the hour mark here, which is usually when we wind down, uh, Way, the way we end the show is to do a sort of a pop culture recommendation thing. Something that you've enjoyed either recently or has always been very important to you. TV show, book, movie, something like that. Uh, mine for this week uh, is, first of all, to promote the new podcast I have called Caring Into the Void. Yes. Which is a self-care podcast about how fucked we are. Uh, and I'm doing it with a friend that I met because robots were stealing his Sufjan Stevens <laughs> joke t-shirts off the internet. 
Uh, and Those I can't, aren't words that should make sense. But they do. Uh, and uh, Jordan is is an incredible guy who we uh, we did like a test episode or two together and realized we have some of the same fucked brain things. And a lot of that uh, ties into the start of this episode about like setting goals and like we are the sort of people that set goals, and the moment we achieve those goals, we set new goals and celebrate nothing, have imposter syndrome, never feel like we're fulfilled, and take it out on the people around us, especially those that we're in relationships with. And I was like, is sorry, this... Uh, yeah. Okay. Is this a hyper-specific thing, or is this what like a lot of people are? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Uh, and so it's a show about uh, looking at all the weirdness in the universe. Anyway... Uh, his first uh, self-care recommendation on the show was to watch the new season of Queer Eye mm-hmm. on Netflix. Uh, and at first I said, it's amazing to me that Queer Eye for the straight guy still exists because I don't think straight guys still exist. Well, I that's think, not the name of the yeah, show Yeah, and they dropped it from the show. So I was like, well, that joke didn't even work. Like, they are aware of it. Uh, it's been, uh, it's on Netflix. There's eight episodes. Every one of them is empowering and incredible. Uh, and uh, there is Also, one- I'm sorry, I have to say every episode... I feel really bad, but every episode I'm like, that would look really good on you, Brock. And like, I don't, I, I, I know that the show is like marketing and creating this sort of like consumer culture, but I don't care because like it, I don't know if it gets people to like tuck in their shirts and I'm like, I don't know, that's something you should look at the next time you're at Target. Like, it's really great. Those Target chinos, I promise to fucking buy them. It's I know. Okay. <laughs> I really want Brock and to some look linen, at chinos now. Some linen pants. I'm sorry, I'm some I'm Target sorry chinos. But there is also an episode based on uh, taking on a dude who's a stand-up comedian <laughs> who is the little brother of a much more successful stand-up comedian and just every minute of it hurts my heart and soul. <laughs> Uh, it's oh, it's an overwhelmingly positive experience, yeah. but oh my god, uh, please watch the whole series. It's it is amazingly cool, and uh, it it just uh, Brock has not seen the original show, right? Let, yeah, but this this series is just amazing. Uh, so that's my recommendation. Check out my new podcast. Uh, check out my other podcast with Terrence called The Coolest Kids. And uh, hi, Terrence. Check out uh, Queer Eye. Viv, what do you got? Uh, so where can people find you online? Oh, well, where can people find you online, Brock? At Brock Wilbur on every platform. What about you? Well, and also, what what sites are you writing for right now? Oh, uh, writing for Fifty States of Blue, uh, writing for Unwinnable, and I have a uh, vertical at Medium that's come out called Horde Mode, uh, which features people that uh, collect things and are super fans. In ways you might not expect, and there's several very interesting pieces coming out on that soon. Um, so I have deleted social media from my phone, and that for the last month has it been a month uh, that has seemed to be helping me mental health wise. But in theory, you can find me at viv underscore kane on Twitter. You can find me every day Monday through Friday on uh, themarysue.com. Um, We've been listening to a lot of podcasts. We just went to Denver. Did we talk about this? We haven't yet, no. We went to Denver last month. So for Christmas and anniversary gift, Brock got us tickets to see Pod Save America and Love It or Leave It, which... John Finish Prey. 
yes, John finish pray so that Brock will stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> he knows. <laughs> we, I know. Uh, so we we went to Denver for a little vacation to <laughs> to see the to see podcasts because that's that's our recreation now. Um, which which was extra funny because we were like we're taking social media breaks and like we're taking social media breaks computer to breaks. go see podcasts, but also to be like we're not gonna see what Trump does for a day or two, and we flew across the country to go watch a political podcast be filmed yeah. live. So like fuck us, the stupidest yeah. fucking idea. We're so smart. <laughs> but if I if so we we end every podcast with with a social media with with a suggestion of what to watch. Uh, we're really far behind. So the things we've been doing lately is I've been playing L.A. Noir. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. Uh, and we've been watching Queer Eye, and we've been watching Stranger, Stranger things. things. You know, these hip new things that I don't know if you guys have heard about. <laughs> um, but uh, something that we've, I think we've talked recently about Uncivil, right? Yes. Which is one of my favorite podcasts about, um, it's tales about the Civil War or is ostensibly a, a, a a, about, sorry, I can't talk, um, about, about the Civil War and the ramifications of it. Uh, but one that we've recently really started listening to is, uh, called Boom Lawyered. Boom. Uh, Boom. Exclamation point, lawyered, uh, which is uh, Imani Gandhi, um, who goes by Angry Black Lady on Twitter, who's fucking amazing. And uh, Jessica, shit, I just brought it up, and then of course it went away. Uh, shit, I brought it up on on my phone and then it disappeared. Um, Jessica. I'm sorry, something, and Imani Gandhi uh, talking about, like, the the legal angle of a lot of the issues that we care about, like uh, uh, reproductive rights, um, I don't know, anything anything you care about, they, they address from the actual legal angle, and I've never listened to an episode. Jessica Mason. Thank you. Uh, I've never listened to an episode where I didn't learn... A whole bunch. Uh, I I really appreciated Imani already on Twitter, and their podcast tends to be a half hour, which we listen to everything at a one and a half speed, so it's a small chunk out of our day, and I learn a shit ton every time. So Boom Lawyered is a great recommendation. I would like to mention that like we had sort of had a thing worked out based on these time and a half speed podcasts in LA that we were like, we know that every uh, pod save America is the drive between our apartment and cheesecake factory. So Friday afternoon we had that down. Yes, we go to cheesecake factory. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now in Kansas, there's no drive distance between any of these things. So it's impossible to do. Now I just have to go to the gym. <laughs> uh, finally, Anna, where can people find you online? Or oh. if you want to share that, do you have an online presence? I do, but it's um, not like a. I need to learn how to do like a comedian's online presence because right now it's like a teenager's online presence. Is there anything that so you, you want to like, share with people to find you in person or uh, online? 
Well, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Anna Smithereens, but it's just like it's cute. following like my every like day. Like it's not a comedy. And we'll do it's it. just like boring Instagram. Sell yourself. Really, um, I have a podcast um, with Havana Mahoney. You, I'm sorry, you have another podcast? I have a podcast, yeah. That's rude. Um, and it's called uh, Don't Take Our Word For It. The thing about it is, though, mm-hmm. it's my precious baby and I love it. And I love Havana. Right now we're on a hiatus, but it's not a purposeful hiatus. The podcast itself is a it's a comedy advice podcast um, that's like anxiety based. We're two very anxious people. I have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the point. And it was okay. going great, except we've both recently experienced so much anxiety about the podcast itself that it's been on hi- hiatus for like six months because of that. And that's the only reason is like she's a brilliant um, uh, like tech person and a sound person and she brilliantly edits these podcasts and she's had too much anxiety to edit our last one I've had too much anxiety to learn how to edit so it's just been (laughs) sitting there um but don't take our word for it you can find it on iTunes and anywhere else that has podcasts and um do you have anything that you've been enjoying lately watching listening to any pop culture recommendation that you have for people (sighs) Um, we should start letting people know ahead of time that this is a question we ask. I'll just say I'll just say the things I've been most recently. So it doesn't they're not, have to be new. Yeah, it they're not new, new or special yeah. or anything. Um, I find Broad City always puts me in a yes. good mood. Um, the <laughs> most recent audiobooks I've listened to because I don't read books. I listen um, to audiobooks. You're an audible person. Yeah, I do a lot of audible as. Uh, um, uh, Whitney Cummings, um, I'm fine, and other lies I tell myself. Tiffany Haddish, oh. The Last Black Unicorn. I still haven't listened and, to that. Um, Is it good? They're both great. And then Virginia Woolf, um, A Room of One's Own. <laughs> Boring. And those have been my series and ones. Um, it's um, it's good though. This nice British lady reads it. And um, um, oh, I had more things. They're in there, I swear. Um, oh, season 14 of Project Runway. I watched that, but awesome. only that season. Uh, I have to say that season really knocked it out of the park. I don't know about the other seasons, but that season nailed it. Um, uh, the band Speedy Ortiz is uh, really good. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I think that's, uh, oh, and I just watched um, Chris Rock's new special on Netflix last night called Tambourine, and it's it's I already in my, good. like, top five favorite specials, like, already. One watch, and it's it's in there. So that's those are the most recent things. So is that our show? We're all good here? We, is that right? Did we do it right? Yeah, we're just is checking. Is this the best one? Should we just start from the beginning? <laughs> Welcome to Missouri Loves Company. <laughs> this has been Missouri Loves Company. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank Please you. subscribe, rate, review, tell hey, your friends about it. Someone, someone rate and review us. We oh, have like one. Just... The video game Nautica. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Subnautica? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The... What's the one where you crash a boat and then you swim around? I don't play video games at all, but my friend Havana showed me this video game and I had so much fun. We got to get out of this I don't one. know. Go play it. And then you rate swim and around. Us. There are sea monsters. Oh, sorry. Missouri loves company. Bye. Bye. <laughs>